Welcome to the Blister Podcast on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. The Natural Selection Tour, created by Travis Rice, is one of the most innovative competitions out there, and the top snowboarders in the world openly covet an invite to the event, and top skiers in the world openly talk about how they'd love to someday compete at Natural Selection. And with two Natural Selection Duels events taking place during our recent Blister Summit, here in Mount Crested Butte, Colorado, it was a perfect chance to talk about natural selection and the future of comps with the great Red Gerard, with T-Bird, Tom Monteroso, and with the CEO of Natural Selection, Carter Westfall. Carter and I first met last summer, and I've had a great time getting to know him and discussing the state of skiing, snowboarding, and comps, I've also had a great time getting to know T-Bird, and he is now one of my very favorite people, as he is for, I think, every snowboarder on the entire planet, and it was a real honor to get to meet Red for the first time at our Blister Summit. I have been fortunate to meet many of the very top athletes out there in the outdoor sports world, but it is still always really cool when you meet someone like Red one of the absolute best out there, and you find that they are just really kind, humble, and generous people. So this conversation is a blast. I think snowboarders are going to love it for sure, and skiers are going to want to pay close attention, I think, and all of us here have an opportunity to think about the past and the future of snow sports competitions. Today's episode is presented by Gear West, which is our blister-recommended shop in Long Lake, Minnesota, that runs a very robust campus-style specialty store year-round. So if you're struggling with your boots this winter, it's time to make an appointment at the Cobbler Shop at Gear West to get expert advice from their MasterFit certified boot fitters or shop their huge selection of boots. You can also get your skis and boards serviced at Gear West, and you can even get your winter bike serviced by experts if that's your particular cup of tea. With snowboarding, cross-country and Nordic skiing, alpine skiing, fat biking, all options around Long Lake, Minnesota, Gear West will get you ready for your next adventure, no matter your ability level. So whether you're a beginner or a race professional, Gear West has you covered for all your gear needs. Plus, Blister Plus members receive 20% off Phantom Glide base treatments and $50 off custom insoles. You can learn more at gearwest.com and we'll include a link in the show notes of this episode. And now let's get to our conversation with Red Gerard, T-Bird, and Carter Westfall. Here we go. Here we are at night two, officially, I guess, of our Blister Summit panels. I'm incredibly excited about this one. Uh, We are talking about the future of comps, and we're going to chop it up uh, with some people who know more than a thing or two about the comp game. So 
I have next to me Carter Westfall, the CEO of Natural Selection Tour. Um, we'll get into it a little bit, but we have been talking quite a bit because, as I hope you have heard, Natural Selection is going down this week in this area. And so um, we got talking with Carter and Travis Rice, and it was like, hey, would that be cool if natural selection happened during the Blister Summit? And I was like, I actually can't think of anything cooler. So um, that's been happening, and it's been really fun to get to know Carter and work with him on this. Next to him, uh, the man just goes by the name T-Bird, and if you know, you know. Um, it is such a pleasure uh, to have Tom here with us. And um, Tom and I have been talking my first opportunity to get to meet him in person, and so this is a lot of fun for me. And then Red Gerard, unbelievable, uh, who shows up at these little blister summits. I don't know what to say other than Red has been at the top of the snowboard game, is at the top of the snowboard game. Again, we are not worthy, but we are very happy to have you here, Red. And so uh, this is who we're going to be talking to about comps. So thank you all for being here. Red coming off his next games. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So as, as actually Carter just said, um, well, you say. No, we're, we're really fortunate to have Red here who just, you know, laced his run at the X Games, won gold, and uh, um, all really stoked for him and, and proud of him and feel really fortunate for Natural Selection to have a competitor like Red, uh, a part of our event. And I think, you know, it's kind of a segue with Natural Selection and the, the original vision of Travis Rice was like, how do we create this? Kind of all-encompassing snowboard competition that takes you know olympians who are winning golds and slope style we got half pipe medalists with your kind of more traditional big mountain free riders that you know like travis who's been doing film parts for the last 20 plus years um and i think it's just been you know kind of a, a beautiful combination of, of the two to see all the different types of riding and trying to create a format um that just really celebrate snowboarding. That's been our, our goal. Hmm. T-Bird, talk about how you got involved with natural selection and what you're doing with the event these days. Yeah, I got involved in, I want to say it was February of like 2019 uh, when it was still kind of just, I guess, a deck, right? Like it, then nothing had been um, cemented in concrete. They hadn't put on any events. And I was part of the kind of mass layoffs at Transworld and Snowboarder at the time because <clears throat> I didn't live in Southern California. And uh, I got a call from Liam Griffin, who's the chief operating officer. And I think he just asked me, like, what's your bandwidth? And I was like, oh, funny you should ask. A ton. <laughs> I have nothing to do right now. Uh, and then I think it was just all systems go from there, there on. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what you're doing there i mean you are handling there's managing components there's commentary right so did we already spell that out it's otherwise known as imposter syndrome yeah i'm a bit of a mutt uh i have a weird career where i'm kind of jack of all trades master and none i started out writing then i got into photography and then i got into announcing because of all of that experience i've had in the snowboard industry i got to know young young men like red here quite well so I developed some rider relationships, and that's kind of my all-encompassing role at Natural Selection. Yep. 
Reg, Carter mentioned X Games. Can we ask you about it? First of all, how are you feeling now? You good? Uh, feeling good. Still feeling the night after a little bit, but um, <laughs> these are helping. Um, but no, no, feeling good. And uh, you know, it's it was it's nice to kind of get rid of the you know contest format and get into this free flowing spirit a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we get to there though, I want to stay on X Games. Anything particularly? different this time around I, I mean do you already feel like this i'm kind of an old hat at this now uh no i mean anything different it was just x games is crazy it's always the biggest event for me you know with the slope style circuit there's so many eyes on it and we have so much practice we have snowmobiles for three hours a day for five days a week and that comes down to this contest day and there's 10 riders best in the world and you're just trying to do your best run. And, you know, uh, this year the course was the best course I've ever ridden, personally. Um, and we had maybe the best weather that Aspen's ever had, but that's not true. Uh, but it was just an incredible day, and it just felt like everything aligned. I was so, so honored to be there that, that day and be a part of it. So before we start talking about the future of comps, let's talk a little bit about some of the recent past of comps or distant past of comps the landscape that you saw before natural selection became a thing you just saw an opportunity there or it did actually feel like something was missing talk a little bit about that well i'll speak from a couple perspectives um you know first um everyone should know you know with travis i mean the original natural selection goes back to like 2008 um travis held an event called the natural selection it was like the quicksilver natural selection at Jacksonville mountain resort, um, two day competition, two different venues. And Travis's whole goal was to kind of combine what you might see in video parts with, um, you know, with the competition and, um, it was really successful. I think it was really w well received by, you know, the community. Um, you know, I think fans like myself kind of like, wow, like it was, it was something very new and something like, I think what was, for me being just a snowboarder and as a fan is very relatable. Cause like Jackson holds a place that you go and you know, you go snowboarding and the venues were, you know, one of them was on resort. One was kind of boot pack access. So it was very relatable. Like I, it's harder for me to relate to what red, you know, and if you didn't see the run, I mean, you got to go check it out. I mean, dude just laced it, but like, I ain't doing that, you know, but uh, whereas, you know, with natural selection or what Travis said, there's, it's that type of terrain that we all aspire to hit. So then Travis did events up at Baldface um, in 2012 and 2013 and got more exposure. And um, um, I was introduced to Travis about six years ago through a mutual friend, this guy, Kurt Morgan, who directed The Art of Flight, um, which is an amazing film. Hopefully a lot of you have seen it. And I, I was just really excited. My background, I worked at the NBA. I worked in the Olympic Games arena more on just kind of the traditional business side, but I'm a passionate snowboarder. So for me to combine my background, business background with the passion for snowboarding and being inspired by Travis, I was, I was you know, 100% all in. Um, and uh, yeah, I think from a cons like a fan perspective, it fills a void. And, I, you know, for T-Bird, who's part of the core industry, and I'd be curious from, from Red, you know, from an athlete's perspective, like how they see natural selection, perhaps filling a void that wasn't there, you know, wasn't there before. Yeah, I think it's, uh, from my perspective, as you know, Carter said, I'm, I'm pretty 
hardcore snowboarder. I, I pay attention to the mainstream, but I wouldn't, I would consider myself part of the snowboard industry, like really woven into the fabric of it. And I think the biggest benefit that natural selection has had with a lot of the riders, it's kind of a twofold thing, right? Like you take Jared Elston, <clears throat> came to Jackson in 2021 had a couple sponsors that paid him pretty well, but he was a very core snowboarder who wouldn't really have the opportunity to be seen by millions of people riding in his element because he's filming video parts. And I mean, unless that video part goes viral on YouTube, his, his exposure is going to be a little bit more limited. He gets second place at Jackson hole and like, boom off to a different stratosphere. And likewise, someone like red you know, snowboarding loves to put people in a box. We've always loved to put people in a box. He's a rail rider. He's a park kid. He's a, she's a pipe girl, whatever it is. Someone like Red can go win X Games, and now he has the opportunity to come to natural selection, do well, and people are like, holy shit, this kid isn't just a park rider. You know what I mean? It, it's opened up the competitive genre of snowboarding to give – a broader audience, a new perspective on what the core really loves to see. Oh yeah, me yeah, uh, I really couldn't agree more with what just got said. But for me, it's just the difference. You know, I've been doing slope style snowboarding for so long now; it's the same old thing every year, every year the same thing. And every time I do natural selection, you know, I show up and I try not even to look at. You know, these guys do a great job of send, sending photos of the venues and all that. But I'm like, I'm not even gonna look at anything until we get to the scout day. And that's just something you don't see in slope style snowboarding. It's, you know, everything's planned. You can almost show up and know your run before you even get there. And for me, I don't know if, you know, throughout this week, whenever we run the contest, if I'm going to do a straighter, if I'm going to do a front seven, you know, it's just, for me, that's the fun value to it. And then also getting to compete with people I don't get to compete with is uh, a huge one for me, you know, uh, competing with the Gerald Elson or last year competing against Travis Rice you know it was crazy and and uh yeah i mean that's kind of that's that's pretty special for, for any snowboarder so i think it's i'd be curious maybe to ask you red and you're you know you're still you're obviously at the top of the game it it seems like with half pipe slope style and you see it with skiing too it's becoming more and more like specialized like it's just it's harder like younger and younger and you know and um I've, you know, you've seen guys like Ben Ferg or some of the other competitors in natural selection that, um, I mean, every, you guys love to snowboard. So it's like, yeah. seems like a natural evolution to want to be out in the backcountry and yeah. shredding pow and having fun and, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the way it's gone, I feel like, for so long. You start off doing these slopes out contests until, you know, you're 25 to 30, it seems like. And then at a certain point, your body it gets exhausted riding those slope style courses. A lot of the time they're flat landings and all that. And that's the cool part about natural selection. You know, you said Jared Elson, but I think of Dustin Craven every single time, you know, Dustin Craven, no offense to him, but I mean, his career, I, I would probably say he was on the same path of like, you know, I'm, I'm winding down. I might just become, you know, just the rider that goes out in the backcountry and has fun. And now you look at him mean, he's a star in natural selection and, you know, he's someone that I would be absolutely terrified to go up against in natural in natural selection, and someone that I hope I don't have to. <laughs> Pick your poison. <laughs> so, so staying on this for a minute, I mean, when we're talking about operating at the absolute highest level, 
man, it's hard enough to do that in one discipline, right? But now it's, I, I love hearing this and talking about we are putting, putting athletes in boxes and this is an opportunity to push back against that. But I would love to hear you guys talk a little bit more about maybe the question, one of the questions is how often, of course, without naming any names, might you reach out to somebody who you think, oh, he or she would be really interesting in natural selection. And they're like, dude, I, I just got to stay focused on the discipline I'm in, right? Like, I don't, how, you want me to go operate at the highest level in this pretty much completely opposite type of event? How often do you see that? Or is it more like riders are just thrilled to get out of that box? I would say, I mean, first, first and form, foremost, in order to receive an invite to natural selection, you have to have the footage that backs it up. Like you have to have the backcountry footage to prove that you can kind of hang in this arena. Um, but I will say with some of the competitive snowboarders in Olympic years, that has happened where we've hit them up and said, Hey, do you want to do this? And they're like, listen, I'm training for the Olympics. I got to get this thing done because the Olympics is huge. There's no doubt. I mean, ask this guy. Um, and, and with all due respect, we're like, yeah, absolutely. Go do your thing. But nine times out of 10, they'll hit us back and say, hey, here's my footage. I'd like to come be a part of this. Um, I would say the majority of riders are, are pretty thrilled when they receive that invite to ride on natural selection. On, on my end, it, I can say it's one of the hardest things to come by. Um, and uh, I wish it was easier, but I don't know if that would be, it would make the contest that it, it is now. Um, but yeah, as a rider's perspective, there's not many people turning down a natural selection uh, invite, if any. Uh, it's just such a unique thing. And uh, it, yeah, I mean, like, like you were saying, you know, you, I really respect the way that natural selection does it. We're like, you do have to film a video part to get into it. You, you can't just be uh, this person that just does you know, this famous slope style, big air rider that just does that. And all of a sudden you, here's your, you know, here's your dinner plate, try riding in the back country against Craven and Travis and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard and it, it, it's a cool invite system. Well, and I feel like, you know, in turn, we wouldn't want to necessarily do that to a rider, right? Say we took a, a slope style rider who was the best in the world at slope style, but had rarely ridden powder we wouldn't want them to go up against Travis Rice because they're not going to be portrayed in the best light. So our big thing is we, we kind of tell the riders like, hey, take a season, take some AVI classes, get in the backcountry, film everything, and send it to us every year. And that's kind of the natural progression of like how you make that leap from competitive slope style or halfpipe riding into the backcountry, like responsibly, I guess you could say. Yeah, and I know from... Travis's perspective, um, you know, when it comes to like the venue that we're selecting or, you know, trying to have the best conditions. I mean, his goal is always to create a canvas that the riders, something that can really just showcase their abilities for them to have fun and just like show off their talent. And I think, I think there's an interesting kind of dynamic we have with, with natural selection. Yes, it's a competition. Yes, these are competitors and Travis is as fierce a competitor as anyone, but, it, but it, I don't know, it's almost like a community celebration of sorts. Like we're going to places like Valdez, Alaska, or whether it's here in Crested Butte or up at Revelstoke. And it's just, the competition is one element of it, but there's, it's, it's like something bigger, you know? And 
I would encourage any of you to come up to Revy to, you know, experience the week. It's just this great, that's what I've enjoyed about it the most is kind of building of the relationships and, you know, getting to know the riders and just, yeah, like it's, it's, it's intense. Like I know it's intense for the riders, like there's nerves, but it's also hopefully, you know, something bigger than that. Right. I'm going to start opening up a few questions that might have something to do with skiing and snowboarding. I'm curious with competitions, if, as Red just said, he's like, hey, if there's a rider who gets an invite, that is a big freaking deal. What kind of, we'll keep this on snowboarding for a sec, but what kind of impact do we think this might have on snowboarding in general, right? Um, do we think that when you're seeing the best in the world coming in um, and operating on a sort of big natural course rather than a manufactured course, are we seeing or is there potential here for this to open up young people getting on a board for the first time and maybe they are going to be less inclined just to be in the park? you know, or less inclined just to be riding all mountain. You know what I mean? Like, is this having an impact? Are we, I'm curious just your perspective on that. Go, yeah. My perspective for sure. You know, like I, I'm lucky enough to run this Red's Backyard Foundation that works with a lot of resorts and stuff. And, you know, whether we like it or not, we're not getting the same snow years and all that. And yeah. Mountains are still opening at the same time. So just getting out there and riding the mountain is pretty pretty similar to the natural selection vibe and everyone starts on the mountain they don't start right in the park right away so i mean almost in a way you're you're kind of starting in that natural selection route a little bit more and you know when you go to utah and stuff i know a group of small rippers there that i don't even know if they even hit jumps they go to snowbird and they jump off cliffs and like that's their game right there so i would say yes to answer your question yeah, and I feel like natural selection has, you know, we're now in our fourth year, and I feel like people see it, kids coming up, and they're like, oh shit, I don't have to do slope style USASA contests if I don't want to. I can film a powder part, put it on YouTube, and maybe it's going to be seen by a local rep and he'll flow me boards. I mean, there's like a whole crew of up-and-coming young kids, uh, you take like Matteo Masidi up in Revelstoke, right? Like he doesn't need to go do a slope style event for people to know who he is. Sean Miskimen, Bryn Alexander. I mean, the list is growing and growing and growing where before, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was no path to, com to professional snowboarding without going through the USASA local circuit. And I feel like now kids are seeing that there is a path to becoming the next Blake Paul or becoming the next Jared Elston or hell, Travis Rice, who knows? Um, it's opened up kind of a new neuro pathway in snowboarding uh, and kind of burrowed into the subconsciousness. And I think that's probably been the biggest impact that I've seen. That's what I would, was hoping you'd say, but I didn't know if that's what you'd say. But I think that, that's just cool, right? Opening, I like that, neuro pathways. More opportunities, more ways to get there. Um, opening up the imagination. I think that's that's pretty powerful. I like that. Um, thoughts on this? You in agreement with these guys? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think it's important that with natural selection, like we just want to create something that's additive to the sport. Like we're not trying to compete with things like the X Games. Like it's all, like it's all good. It's all like hopefully inspiring 
people to want to go out and snowboard or, you know, or even ski for that matter. I mean, it's, I think like part of our secret sauce is, you know, we always like to say mother nature's the main character. Like we don't know what the conditions are going to be like, like Red's going to have to deal with it. Um, but also like, if you look at our content, um, you know, we're up in Alaska or whether it's year one in Jackson hole when it was just crazy powder conditions, like it's beautiful to watch. I mean, we've got race drones that are following the riders. We've been live streaming from race drones, like, you know, using the latest technology. It's like watching planet earth meets a snowboard competition. So like my 82 year old father, he's biased. He's going to watch it. But like, you don't have to be a snowboarder to enjoy the content we're putting out. Um, and you know, as we look to other sports and we've, we've started to dip our toe into mountain biking, we partnered with one of the original visionaries of Red Bull Rampage, and we're looking to potentially do an event in New Zealand where once again, like it's the sickest venue, like, you know, with, you know, outside of Queenstown, like it would just be a beautiful thing to watch. And so, um, you know, no one's going to Beijing probably to, because they saw the half pipe competition in the Olympics. However, like, I think there's probably a lot of people who are like, damn, I want to go out to the Tordrillos in Alaska, having watched, you know, what went down there in years one and two, or, you know, hopefully wanting to go to a Revelstoke or with duels here, like wanting to go, come check out Crested Butte, right? I mean, it's just, um, yeah, like I said, like, it's kind of like Mother Nature's the main character with all this. And I, I'll say in, in connection with that as well, when I first met Travis, I mean, I was pretty impressed with his commitment to like, hey, I want to use this platform, um, the eyeballs that we're going to get is, you know, use this as a platform to, you know, to in a kind of entertaining way to kind of, um, weave in educational components of our own sustainability in the environment. Like let's use the competition as a way to like celebrate mother nature and, you know, without hitting people over the head on, uh, you know, environmental issues, but like let's weave it in. And we've got partners like Yeti, who's very committed to sustainability, you know, or Arcteryx, which is doing a, some really cool stuff with their gear. Um, you know, a, a lot of our, I mean, all companies these days have some sort of a sustainability angle, but um, I'd like to think there's probably four or five, six of our partners who are really, really committed to it. And it's great for us to be able to, you know, weave their stories within the broadcast, you know, because we do all these kind of little features within the show that bring these to life. All right, you, this is your fault. You opened the door. You mentioned mountain biking. Doors open. Skiing. You've heard of it. I mean, look, there's, there's a great crossover. It's very obvious. And, you know, snowboarders are friends with skiers. I mean, Travis, you know, there, we've definitely received a lot of like inbound comms of like, hey, like we would love, you know, from, from leading kind of filmers in the ski world, we'd love to see something like this, you know, under the natural selection umbrella. Whereas we do not have any firm plans at this stage. I mean, it's like, cool. Like if we have, if we have the right athletes, like the leaders who are kind of guiding this thing and authoring it, cause we want it to be distinctive. We want it to be a true representation. It's not going to be T-Bird or, you know, or red necessarily. It'd be the leaders there. Then, then fantastic. We also want to like, this all started with snowboarding. So we want to res respect that. Like, I think there's a place, you know, if we're thinking of natural selection as this kind of all encompassing brand for you know, different outdoor sports to have their own seat at the table. I mean, a lot of it just takes time and money and resources. You know, it's been, I'm, I'm, you know, mainly focused on the business side of this. We launched natural selection in February, 2021, which 
was right in the middle of the pandemic. And we're fortunate to have, you know, partner like Yeti and, you know, their CEO say, look, I, I've seen what Travis has done. I know what you guys, you know, what you're trying to achieve. And it's going to be really special if you pull it off. And they had the, the faith to kind of come on board. And, um, but it's, you know, it's a heavy lift. It's a heavy lift financially when you're trying to live stream from some of these places, let alone post-produce. Um, we run a really lean crew. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it's worth it at the end. All right. This one's for T-Bird and Red. And if I could deliver truth serum at any point during the summit, I'd want to do it right now. I want this honest answer. This whole thing, you know, you, Carter mentioned, yeah, skiers and snowboarders are friends. We've also had a lot of years where it's like skiers over there, borders over there, right? Um, folks that have listened to a few blister podcasts maybe know that I hate that. Um, but here's the truth serum part. I think it's a far more interesting world to continue to completely blur those lines, blow that up. Push back on that. Are we in agreement on this? Or are you like, mm, I rode Mammoth two days ago with Chris Ben Chetler and followed him around, man. I'm a skier <laughs> fan. <laughs> so, well, skier go. snowboarder beef is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it is. This, it's gone. Here's, it's like here's, stupid. here's my anecdotal evidence. With I just got a lot more from Red Gerard. The best in the world at snowboarding, I have never heard one of them be like, skiers. Mediocre snowboarders, I have heard have a lot of beef with skiers. I've heard a lot of skiers have, and I've heard a lot of skiers, before skiers get too proud here, a lot of skiers have said dumb shit about snowboarders, right? But at the highest levels, at the highest levels, I have just anecdotal, but I've heard none of it. And Red is another one who's like, dude, I was just skiing with Chris. So I don't know. I think we... Okay, I didn't want, but this is why I want truth serum. I didn't want you to disagree with me unless you fully agree with me, in which case, yes. No, no, it's, uh, I mean, one of my favorite snowboarders on planet Earth currently is Sean Pettit. <laughs> I think that dude's like the dopest snowboarder and skier in the world. Um, and I, I feel like snowboarding went through that rebellious stage, right? Because fucking Mad River Glen and Alta and Deer Valley and whatever that was back in the day. And what it, for whatever reason that still held over, like, what do we give a shit? You know, skiers are dope. Snowboarders are dope. Being in the mountains in winter or summer or spring or fall is dope. Um, and I feel like snowboarding has matured enough because we've finally been around long enough to where we're kind of realizing that like, Hey, we love to do what we do. Why are we going to shit on anybody else who loves to do what they do? Especially if it takes place in a similar venue. Yeah. I, I got to push back a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was at I was at Jackson, you know, my home mountain, just minding my business, headed to the lift, going down one of these cat tracks. I'm just uh -oh. kind of weaving. I hear Bobby, on your right, on your right. And this dude's skiering like jeans or something like. This is my point. This I'm like, is dude, man, like chill out. I'm I'm not gonna like unless I'm whack. No, I'm just kidding. But it was all good. No, see, I it think was, a lot of. It could have been wait, a snowboard. Did you make up that whole thing? No, no, it really happened. Okay. Kind this is my point, off, though. I think a lot of the hate generates from the mountain, honestly. Like, a lot of the skier, snowboarder beef, I think, generates from the park. You know, I'll get angry at skiers in the park. They'll get angry at me. But then once you go out into the mountains, you start res to respect people's knowledge. And skiers have great knowledge out there, you know. And 
so do we. And it's like once you get out there, I think things just start to communicate a lot better. But that also could just be me getting older, and I rode a lot more park when I was a when I was younger, and probably a lot more aggro a little bit. So no, I. I mean, in red mentioned Chris. Uh, you know, we're up at Revelstoke. Sammy Carlson's around. Dude is looking a beast, right? I mean, how can you not like see what he's doing and just yeah. be like, "Holy cow, it's yeah. amazing!" Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's open this up. Um, audience questions. Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was Angel. <laughs> I saw. I saw the very energetic hand. That's all I could really see. Like ten years. And I'm a big fan of yours, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm a big fan of you guys, and like, <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, I think it's so cool what Natural Selection is doing. Like, oh, I love it so much, and. I have this question around like the progression of the sport and the soul of the sport. And I feel like when um, a sport makes it in, like, for example, when skiing made it into uh, like park and pipe, oh, now it's an Olympic sport. <clears throat> it really changes the soul of the sport. And I think what's really cool about natural selection is that it keeps like, like what I love about snowboarding so much is like your guys soul and your style has never left and like uh changing like uh riding with snowboarders always changes how i look at the mountain and like to your point jonathan like riding with pro snowboarders has like sh profoundly shaped me and i love it so much and some of my most favorite people to ride with are pro snowboarders because i'm like oh, i never would have thought of like slashing it like that or using the angle in that way or riding the trees in that way like it has helped me so much <clears throat> but yeah, there's like this element that I see. I came back from kind of living on a boat for two years <laughs> and found out that like the free skiing world tour, free ride world tour is now partnered with FIS. And, um, I'm going to, maybe a lot of people won't agree with me, but I was fucking bummed because <laughs> I was like, man, I raced, you know, until I was 19 at a super high level. And like, the level of seriousness and like it's cool that we can make it to these upper echelons in the sport and it progresses the sport in a certain way but it also takes out like the rebelliousness or the freedom or like the place that it serves us deeply inside ourselves. and what I think is so cool about natural selection is you're like capturing the soul you're also letting it progress and you've done this really magical thing with combining the two and so I guess my question is like, I'm curious your guys' perspectives on how do we hold on to that soul as we need to make money, right? Like it's really expensive to like run these competitions. Like Yeti was like, yo, I believe in you. Like here's a bunch of money. Good luck. <laughs> and Travis nailed it. You guys nailed it, which is so cool, but it's a risk. And so as we're in capitalism, as we need things to be funded, as we're trying to like hold on to the sport that we all love so much and also need to pay for it and need to like deal with progression or whatever it is. I'm just curious your guys thoughts on that. So thanks. That was a very long question, but <laughs> thanks guys. <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah. On the Olympic thing, I 
you know, personally, I feel like snowboarding has been really lucky in uh, maintaining our soul because I think just coincidentally and luckily for snowboarding, the people that have won or done very well in the Olympics have just been like the dopest humans from like, like red wins gold. That's so good for us. Sage wins gold. Jamie wins gold. Those are the characters that we want the mainstream to see. And I think, you know, Danny Cass back in the day and JJ Thomas and Ross Powers and the American sweep, like that changed everything. I'm personally a big fan of the Olympics, but I'm biased only because I want to see my homies get paid. (laughs) I love seeing my homies get paid. It's the best thing in the world aside from me getting paid. (laughs) Um, But, but I, I, I do feel like in turn, I wish that the companies that bought into snowboarding for those events wouldn't just come around every four years. I wish they would stick around for the long haul and like have our backs. But if you're just going to pay my homies, I'm down. I'm super down. Red thoughts on anything angel was no, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more really. And I'm not informed enough really to talk about the FIS and the free ride world tour or whatever, but in the partnership thing, you know, I have been a part of that and I've ridden for a lot of those Olympic companies. I mean, hell, I rode for Chipotle, which was insane. It was the coolest thing ever, you know, and if I could, if I could keep, if I could keep that going for, you know, ever, uh, that'd be awesome. But, um, yeah, I don't know. On the free ride rule tour and all that, I might hand it on over. Yeah. I I mean, we obviously took note of it. I think, you know, look at it as potential opportunity. We have, um, we feel like we've got a very strong kind of moral compass when it comes to, you know, preserving the soul of the sport. And, and it really comes down to like, cause we genuinely want whatever we're doing to kind of come from the athletes and not only Travis, Travis is like, this is not my tour. I mean, of course he started, but like, like we do as much as we can to like, you know, get the feedback from the riders. Like, how are you feeling like, you know, and I think that's really critical. And I think if we can unlock that kind of same ethos in other sports and there's something unique that we can build, like we're not, I'm me personally, like I've worked in the Olympic games arena. I've worked for the NBA. Like I don't, I'm, we're not trying to build natural selection into like a traditional sports governing body. Like we're trying to create a, you know, a unique kind of brand platform that can, you know, yeah, support that soul. And I think, you know, Angel brings up a good point. Like, it's expensive and like we can't we've got to like think outside the box in terms of like how we kind of like who we partner with and how we pay for it we do want to get some more non-endemics on board because a lot of them you know they do have the checks but i think because of once again going back to kind of you know mother nature is the main character like we're gonna we're gonna you know when we put out this edit it's gonna be a phenomenal marketing showpiece of this region and i think getting more you know tourism departments and the resorts themselves. I mean, we did one in, in Japan in an area called Miyoko and they've, there's a group that's investing 1.5 billion in terms of blowing out that area and making it really amazing. Um, and it's like, wow, that could be a phenomenal strategic partner because we could put a huge spotlight on, on a place like that. And so, you know, I think there's different ways to kind of like, um, preserve the sustainability of this from a, from a business model standpoint. Um, you know, and then there's just so many moving pieces on the media landscape. Um, 
you know, um, I think production costs, we, you know, we're getting more efficient. Um, I think when we look at what we're building with natural selection, the opportunities around original content. So if we look at the competitions as kind of being our temple, like I know, like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall to see what like reds up to like non-competitions. I like, these are, these are just very interesting, awesome people in the community around snowboarding or big mountain free skiing. Like it's, it's super rad. And so, you know, for those of you that are F1 fans and seeing the impact of like drive to survive. And like, I think every sport's trying to figure out what their drive to survive is. And we're out there like trying to do the same, but like, I know as a fan, like, like, like the snowboarding culture is so rad. I just want more, like, I want to see what's going on, you know, in, on more of the, like the lifestyle stuff, you know, and whatnot. And I can tell you like, when we're up at bald face for the competition or up out in Valdez, like, like every all the hijinks and and kind of companionship that's going on there, it's all just like it'd be amazing content. Like, how do we capture this more and bottle it up and and share it with the world? Because I think it'd be really compelling. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, that was a long winded. Also, way. speaking more on that, you know, I was just in Mammoth for four days and the contest got canceled. You know, like we had four days to run qualifiers and finals, so that's two days each, and that's something. What do we have? seven days here to run a window, you know, that's just something, I don't mean to harsh FIS too much, but it's just something something that we deal with in the contest industry. And I don't know how that's going to work with free ride world tour or even how that does work, but that is something that works good with natural selections, having that window, you know, we're do this winter sport where you'll go 10 days in the, in a storm, you know, like you need those windows. And that's where you see in the slope style contest, you know, really bad riding in finals when it's windy and you have, 45 mile an hour gusts and stuff. So it's like those windows are really important. And I think having an outside perspective, like natural selection to come in and look at that is, is really important and cool for me to see at least. Very cool. Yes. So when speaking of the greats in the sport, and I know this is a future of comps kind of sport, but kind of looking back on it, what would your guys's like considering it's duels top four, all-time riders being in natural selection. So like Terhe or Torstein or Danny Davis or like any of these guys, what would your top four riders be to see in those like final four spots? This is a direct conflict of interest for me. <laughs> As rider liaison, I uh, plead the fifth. Um, for me, I mean, you, you mentioned a couple. I mean, Terrier, Craig Kelly. I mean, there's just, the, the list really goes on when you start thinking about it. You know, it's really hard to pinpoint uh, four, but yeah, I mean, Terrier, Craig Kelly, um, Lonnie Kolk. Mark Frank Montoya. Mark Frank Montoya. Yeah. That'd be dope. Sure. Me insane. <laughs> yeah. are, we, are, are we talking like still doing it? Like current pro? Oh, his, oh my, okay. Hey, yeah, 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 I got you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go MFM, Craig Kelly, head to head. I'm going to take it one, those two head to head. Um, and then the other semifinal, I'm going to go. Yeah, probably Nicholas Mueller. Controversial, Mueller sure. hot take. Let's just chill on Don't, it. Let's chill on it, all right? But, but just riding, riding, uh, riding style and <clears throat> skill, uh, I, I would have to probably go Nico. Uh, and I would pair him up with, fuck it, Damian Sanders. Hard boots and all. I think that'd be dope. 
You weighing in? The, nah, I won't weigh in. These guys are the experts. <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, I, I do agree with the Terrier. I would love, yeah. would yeah. really love to see that. And, you know, who knows? <laughs> uh, so I want to ask what you guys think um, bringing the duels into the competition uh, adds and what you see like looking down the road um, when you're thinking of expanding. Because uh, duels was added like two years ago. Is that right? Um, and then, yeah, kind of as you're looking down the road, um, what additional things do you think you could bring that would add some stuff to the competition? Um, I can start with that. I mean, yeah, duels was a bit of an evolution. Um, in year two, we were up at Baldface, and on the the non competition days, um, Travis was really kind of pushing the crew, like, let's do these sweet duels. Like, we're here at Baldface. Like, let's take advantage. We got filmers. We got the best riders in the world. So we picked out different zones at Baldface and held these duels as kind of like bonus content. And in year three, um, Jackson Hole, unfortunately, kind of kind of walked away. I mean, um, and so all of a sudden we needed to like plug in like what is going to replace Jackson Hole because we had 24 competitors there. Um, And the reason just not to get too much down the wormhole, I mean, running a big event like this, like we're doing up at Revy this year, like it's a huge stress on a mountain operations, right? And when you're, Jackson was closing down terrain. I mean, I went to lunch one day and the CEO is out bussing tables because like to show her colleagues like, like I'm in it too. Cause like, it's just so strapped on resources. So it's not too harsh on them, but like we had to come up with a solve. Right. So we had done the duels at bald face. And, um, so we created 12 duels last year as a qualifier then for the rebel Stoke event and the Alaska event. And I think what we found is like, this is pretty, pretty sick. Like how do we pull on the thread a little bit? Um, um, strategically, it enables us to start build re- building relationships with some resorts like Crested Butte Mountain Resort or the folks at 11 or this group in Miyoko, or we just filmed one in Andermatt Resort in Switzerland. And so it's a like really, um, I think, good way of like starting to build a relationship with some of these resorts because to go from like zero to like 24 competitors going somewhere is like really, really difficult. But you start to get to know the ski patrol, the operations, like like credit to Crested Butte Mountain Resort and the folks at 11, like it, they have so many people involved, even though we're, this is really boils down to like a one or two day kind of like, film shoot, but it's like all hands on deck. Right. Um, but I think it's like, yeah, how do we, um, get creative? How can we scale our content? And I think duels is one way. Um, and you know, who knows, maybe like duels become kind of this, if we're doing like three major events, then it becomes more of a, a, a straight qualifier and gives visibility to more riders. So we admittedly have been building the airplane while flying it. That's like a very overused phrase. <laughs> and we don't like, pretend like we're doing our best like we're in year four every year has been different um but there's also some beauty at least you know from my perspective in testing new things and learning and some things will work out well other things don't and um but hello um hello (laughs) this might be a weird open question but what is y'all's vision for the progression of the sport is it doing bigger and badder stunts off of bigger features or is it going to more remote places or is it human powered adventures into some of these venues? What do you all see as the future in these competitions and things like that? No, that's probably vague, but I mean, I can only speak like for myself. I can't speak on behalf of the company, but personally what, what gets me stoked is like snowboarding has swung so far in a certain direction. Um, especially in like that slope style realm and half pipe realm where you're talking about like dribble corks and quad quintuple 
stuff. Um, what currently is like really stoking me out and what I think is going to continue to fuel the regular everyday stoked snowboarder at, at any given resort in the world is the more relatable on resort stuff, but like as a spectacular act, like take for example, like what Arthur Longo does with like side hit euphoria, it's relatable content at like a super elite level. And I think that's the best path towards sustainability, not saying there's not room for the huge stunts in like remote places. And of course, foot powered is like highly important to our, our culture. But I think personally to, to keep everyone stoked and motivated and um, engaged in what we're doing, I think it's kind of like the relatable on hill stuff taken to like a more extreme level personally. Oh, me, I, bird, you said that great for sure. But um, also just agreeing like, you know, natural selection is just something different than like, I want slope style to stay around. I'm still not done with that. I want to keep competing. I want to still put together runs and do all that stuff. Um, but powered for me might hit a lot of you guys. I don't like hiking though. So I hope it don't go there, <laughs> but yeah, just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. I like a little throttle therapy, you know, get on the snowmobile a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I would definitely agree with bird. Like I would love for like, I would love for, you know, tens of resorts or a hundred resorts out there having like a natural selection zone, you know, like that would be amazing. And we've got the best riders on the planet who could kind of help shape that. You know, if you think of Tiger Woods out there building golf courses, um, I think progression, love to see diversity, more diversity. We're seeing it, you know, in snowboarding, I'd love to, you know, have that become, you know, part of our progression. Um, same thing on the women's side, admittedly, like up at Revelstoke, we're going to have 24 men, male, or let's see, 16 male, eight women. Um, would like to get that to an equal field. A lot of that just comes down to just, yeah, I mean, how many competitors you can have and, and resources, et cetera. Um, but there's no excuse why we shouldn't, right, admittedly. Um, I think international, too. I mean, we had a Japanese rider, Raibu, um, competing in our Japan duel, which was awesome. He's just a amazing personality. He was also in our, we did a kind of a um, side day called a super session up at Revelstoke last year. If you haven't seen it, um, really enjoyable. And he was a part of that. So I'd love to see us on like every continent, you know? Um, so those are some of the things I, when I think of progression beyond just like more tricks or whatever. And then just kind of one more thing that came to mind is like relatable and affordable ways to ride a snowboard like kudos to red for what he's got going with like red's backyard we need more of that stuff like easily accessible and highly affordable ways to ride your snowboard um i think is like pretty clutch too for people who don't live near a resort maybe or don't have the means to come to the resort or buy a season pass we just need to make it like more accessible to more people and on that i i I guess personally, I think you've all touched on this. Let's try to get all of that, right? Let's make the more accessible videos, events, comps. Let's have pinnacle comps where it is just kind of that mind-blowing element. I don't know that we, I don't know why we need to sort of say this is just the thing we're doing now. I think we, if you've, I mean, having listened to this conversation, I'm just excited about all the different ways we could continue to spin these things out, you know? And, um, and I love that Angel brought up 
just the economics of this. That's very real, um, you know, but I think that to open these sports up and be celebrating the more ordinary, what the way I think of it is kind of like these platonic ideals of ordinary riding, right? By the absolute best. But, but the stuff where it's like, I could kind of do that. And then you're seeing stuff where it's like, I could never do that. Like, I want both of that to exist in these. I want to see that. I want these comps, these films to exist and run that spectrum. And if, as we're sitting here talking about the future of comps, I guess maybe that's one of my personal wishes of like all of that, you know? Um, so on that, I want to say thanks to all of you. I, I love this. I love this topic. And we've been talking about this for a while. And I think all we did today was kind of crack open that conversation a bit and um, thrilled to have the three of you here to crack that conversation open with. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. And I want to thank all of you for yeah listening. I did want to just special thanks to Crested Butte Mountain Resort and the folks at 11. They've been amazing. We've also got a couple natural selection crew members in here. Rick Ross, you got to stand up. Yeah. yeah. Rick, uh, Rick, Rick's base here has been instrumental on these duels. And then Tiffany Cook's here, who really spearheads our marketing and our brand of natural selection. Stand up, Tiff. Come on. Yeah. Stand up. And uh, you might see some uh, natural selection Rivians cruise around town this week. So check those out. A little uh, foreshadowing of uh, what the male and female winner up at Revelstoke may win um, come mid-March. So we'll see. Thanks to all of you. Uh, I hope we can continue this conversation. Good luck this week. And uh, excited to keep tabs on all of it. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. I want to say thanks to Red and T-Bird and Carter for a great conversation. And folks, if panel sessions like this don't make it clear that you probably ought to get to our Blister Summit and experience these things live in person, well, then have another cup of coffee or something and like, let's let's get to this realization real quick, shall we? Now, I also want to say thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And of course, as always, thanks to you for listening. And if you'd like to hear more from an all-time great snowboarder, well, this Friday, you will enjoy my conversation over on our Gear 30 podcast with Jeremy Jones, who I was just hanging out this past week in Crested Butte with, got to go ride with, and we chop it up about skiing and snowboarding and some of the biggest mistakes that snowboarders are making when it comes to gear. So don't miss that one. That conversation will drop this Friday over on our Gear 30 podcast. So subscribe now and get it right when it drops fresh from the oven. All right, everybody, hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you again real soon.